All right, so we have a new show sponsor, which is Live to Fight Design. Uh, the owner is Sean Clemens, who I'll be putting up a show with later on here. And, uh, you know, I, I like to uh, have a sponsor that has something to do with fighting. I know a lot of shows sponsor a lot of weird stuff that has nothing to do with the industry. So I'm proud to have a, a sponsor that's involved. And uh, Live to Fight Design makes uh, fight banners and gym banners for MMA gyms. So you can find them on Instagram at Live to Fight Design. And I have a promo code, which is my name, Todd Atkins. You can get 20% off your order if you order through my promo code. And uh, you can also find them at livetofightdesign.com. So uh, if there's anybody out there, any fighters or gym owners that are looking to uh, get a banner made, check out at livetofightdesign on Instagram or livetofightdesign.com. And as always, check out the next episode. All right, so this is Todd Atkins, and I'm back with Preston Vaughn. This is going to be episode two of Preston's Paradox, and this is going to be pretty interesting because Preston is going to talk about the MMA guru and some of these other people on YouTube and why he feels the UFC has some influence on these individuals. So, Preston, I'll kind of let you start your opening salvo to this. Yeah, me and Todd both agree that this is a risky topic because – because he is a very popular figure in the MMA community, and I actually like him. But I, if you're going to claim someone to be a shill, they have to be likable. That's their job. That's their personality. It would be stupid to get somebody that you didn't like to be a shill. That's their purpose, is to get you to draw to them. And his, like I said, his old name is Guru. Like they're, They want you to be, him to be your authority for information. So... Him, Rogan, and, like, just a few guys, but he has the largest live stream in MMA of, like, active people who interact, comment, actively view. When you're watching a UFC event and you go to all the people that are live for MMA, his is the most active. And I just think if you're a billion-dollar business, then you would want to control him or, um, like I was saying – I read a book called uh, The Power of Suggestion by Sigmund Freud, and it's a very great book. I suggest anybody read it. But The Power of Suggestion, you can, like we were talking about people putting comments, and he reads every comment out loud. He gets a ton of comments. Yeah, they could control him that way as well. Um, but I like Guru a lot, but I, I just think he's fulfilling a role. Like, um, But the first time I thought he was a shill, was when he was talking about live scoring. He went on a huge rant. And it was it was against Ariel Hawani, and and uh, I think Ariel Hawani has his own role too. I, I don't think he's a quite enemy of the UFC as he's made out to be, but is that's a whole nother story. But um, no, get into it. Just drop that part because that's interesting. Go ahead and talk about it. I I feel like you got to have. Uh, a, everybody plays their own part he's the hill the nose that you got to have your devil's advocate and the guy that's the good the bad and the ugly like dana white says about fighters you got to hate them or love them at least you hate them or love them like and that's kind of like what's good for the goose is good for the gander and when erhawani whether or not you hate him or love him whether or not dana white hates him or love him um the fans are attracted to the drama between those two and the UFC. And that's one reason they watch both of them. 
is all watch all of this is and that's one reason they've either tried to start a controlling guru too they've sent all the popular podcasters on youtube after him or to communicate with him and he's been like a guest on their show i mean it just at one point in time a few years ago i was i was like oh i'm just part of the go along get along game because i was i was in the oil field and i realized i because i i know there's fixed fight stage certain things going on but i was just listening to a lot of popular podcasts and i was like these dudes are just feeding me narratives and bullshit all the time and it was like biz bing and anthony smith um these are controlled outlets now james lentz i'm not so sure but i think all those guys that are allowed in the media room and the interviews and the commentator room i've heard they're all controlled i've heard that it's very specific people who's allowed in there and i like james lynch but I think he's completely controlled in his um, being a, where he's allowed to be. And the conversations, I think he's told suggestions on what questions to bring up as well. So, and what not to bring up. Um, no doubt then, about it. Terrence the, McKinney, the media people, no doubt about it. hundred percent. Yeah. And then he had the thing with Terrence McKinney, which Terrence McKinney made an empty threat, never showed his address or anything like that. So it gives validity that they're attacking him and that he's not a part of the UFC. Like, oh, they were going to put his address out, but they never did. Like, so it's like, and and if the UFC wanted to put his address out, trust me, they could. Like, they could legitimately do it. They would do it. Um, so, and then he had a battle with Dan Hardy, which was kind of messed up. I watched his breakdown of him getting knocked out by Carlos Condit. It's hilarious. I thought of all the same things when... Because Dan wasn't turning his fist over on his hooks. And it's just like, you're supposed to be the kickboxer in this matchup. Like, why is it so sloppy? But anyway, that's another. But he got into a huge back and forth with Dan Hardy. They did that. And then, have you ever watched The Weasel? Well, he got into a Mark Goddard and Dan Hardy. Yeah, but Mark they're Goddard all British. Dan. You know, British are kind of, yeah. you know, they, they like to rib on each other in general. It's kind of yeah. their thing. So that doesn't necessarily shock me that he would go after other British guys. Bisping, Goddard, you know, Dan Hardy. That's kind of like yeah. Benny Hill, you know. I don't know if you ever watched that, but that's kind of like their thing, their shtick, British humor. Yeah. Um, and then he showed up on uh, Sean O'Malley's podcast, He he, but he predicted that Jan would win, right? And then it pissed Sean off and it rubbed Sean wrong, so they're no longer friends. And and um, I don't know. It just it seems like a lot of fluff drama that could just be like all soap opera to me. So, um, oh, he he gets a lot of video and frames of UFC content that I would be instantly copyrighted infringement for. Like, I don't know how he gets away with some of it, honestly. Like. I've been reported for some of the pettiest things ever, like little, little frame by frame clip where seconds are taken out, like way more edited than his and it's been copyrighted. And then he's, he's got all kinds of stuff on his page like that. So, yeah, that's um, interesting there because you're right. The usually you can't take UFC's content and put it anywhere without getting striked by them, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, it, Anything. Well, we can't. <laughs> um, 
That is kind of he's really savvy. That is interesting. Yeah, but he's really savvy about a lot of information. Like I said, from week to week, say we'll have back to back to back to back cards. Even on that fourth week, he'll have all the information he needs on that Monday, drop a full breakdown and prediction about fighters that you would have had to go watch and research. And like, how are you getting all this information? Like you have a team that's helping you. Because I know that when I break down stuff and it takes time, it's not just, and how do you, it, it just, I get it. You live at home in your parents' basement, grandparents' basement, so and you don't have wife or kids like I do. So this is all you do for a living, and he's probably got time to do it. But the the latest thing that set me off that you saw was the the Hamzat video, and he's kind of being a hypocrite with Leon Edwards, even though he's the British guy. But uh, they're pushing this narrative that uh, Hamzat can't make weight, and he pushed that whole narrative that. But he didn't say anything about Jeff Neal, really. Same thing with him. He didn't bring up the Jeff Neal. And then they're attacking Hamzat over and over and over again because I think they're protecting Colby Covington. That's my opinion, is they didn't want make it look like he could still make welterweight. And then he's calling all these people out, said he signed the contract. But then Guru goes after him as like a liar and a coward. And they he does a lot of attacks on Dagestani fighters, people, Ali Abdelaziz fighters. Now, I'm not the biggest Ali fan, and I understand he's got his own problems, but I think a lot of that's propaganda, and a lot of it's done to demonetize his crew. That's I they they use all the um, agents, fighters, and all to demonetize each other, and clout kill and attack. And the more drama between them brings everybody down to the same level of drama. And it, the, it's all goose and gander for the UFC. And they're all on the same level now. Everybody's on the same petty level while they're under the UFC umbrella. And that's kind of how I feel about all the drama. Um, and then the, he never pushes, like he pushes the bad judges narrative. He never pushes like, oh, this is rigged. The athletic commissions, Vegas is rigging this with the mafia. I've never heard that come out of his mouth, not one time. Like it's always like negligence and the the narratives that they want you to believe that it's just that that a judge could really score that fight for Cheeto Vera and that, that that's just bad judging. Like Yeah, and no, it's convenient that's... for the UFC. I've said this before. The UFC can let the refs take the blame. Dana White can even come out and criticize him. And then they just bring them back the next show. The same people. Yeah. So it's and not like his, they care. <laughs> his uh, hiding it is getting way worse, too. When you watch the post-fight press conferences, it, like, you can see that his acting, like, if you know what's going on, you can see it. You can read his eyes. It's not like, but if you have no clue and you're just believing everything he's telling you, you're going to be like, wow, he's shocked. He's flabbergasted. I mean, if they fired some of these judges, that would be different. They don't. But this they is let the same them take ones. the heat, Every and then they bring week. them right back. Yeah. Um. So, what what got me is um, I don't want this to rub Charles Oliveira fans wrong, but is he'll make the most popular picks for the popularity of his channel. Like I know that he knows that Islam was going to beat Charles, but he picked him because Charles had that 
pulse. Like he's not stupid. And I, he makes a lot of choices based off popularity. And I've noticed that that's something he does too. see, like something like this going after him. Like if he had a channel that was bigger than his, that like had a positive pulse, he would never go after it. Like he would never do something like this. So, um, but uh, he slanders fighters that are looking out for their best interest of their career. Like, like if they want more money or if they're in a disagreement, he sends his minions after them. He makes a video. Chel Sonnen does this too. Chel oh, yeah. Sonnen's another guy that controls no the doubt. pulse of the community. No as soon as you start battling with the UFC, he's going to make a 20 minute video of how big of a piece of shit you are. And like, so um, that, that was one of the things that I've, I've noticed is, is um, yeah, when he complained about fighter pay uh, and that, and that's another thing he said, uh, yeah, the fighter pay, I don't like fighters getting paid too much money. Then they don't fight. That's right out of Dana White's mouth. Like, so yeah. And then, then the, the, he's got multiple accounts like promoting him, like the Andrew Tate thing, like he, and they're all copying and mimicking and clipping and, and it's kind of like, there's a team working around him. Like I said about the recording footage and the research, it's like there, it's not just him. That's, I, I feel like there's help there. So, um, but let me see. I wrote down a bunch of notes. Let's talk about Jesse on fire since you brought him up. Okay. Yeah, the first time I heard about Jesse because I was in the conspiracy realm on, and um, and I think uh, he was brought to the forefront to make other conspiracy theorists look like buffoons. And um, and that's why they got a control of him because he had kind of a popular voice and then he got on the Bisbing show and I'm not sure if he's controlled or not, but I think so. And then they tried to get him to do a show with Guru and Guru's like, nah, you're just gonna mess up my image. Like, like we they can't even collaborate. I don't think they vibe well either. They're two completely different personalities. So, no, I just think that I I don't think Jesse's on UFC payroll. I think he wants to be, you know, and I don't yeah. think he's made any uh, secret of that that he would like to work for Dana Way. He's always sucking up to him on his videos. If he makes one that seems a little negative, he'll take it down. You know, if it seems a little negative toward Dana, he might leave it up for a little while, but eventually it gets erased, which probably yep. means someone reached out to him and told him to take it down, you know, obviously. You know, and then yeah, the, people uh, will ask, hey, why'd you take this down? He won't even address it. So, yeah, there's obviously some people um, trying to push his buttons and whatnot. And like I said, I've been around from the beginning, so I know the UFC does some of that stuff to people. And, oh, uh, they send like a whole bunch of fake accounts after people. And No, no. I yeah. mean, for example, the website fightsport.com, Dan and Lorenzo used to post on there and argue with us all the time, you know, because there was a group of trolls. I was one of those guys, but I post under my own name. The other guys all had aliases and they would argue with us nonstop back then. Dana White, Lorenzo. Yeah. All those guys. So they were pretty yeah, active I'm, back then. Yeah. When it was a lot smaller of a crowd, right? Right, right. For sure. So it's not like they're uh, foreign to the internet at all. Dana and Lorenzo and those guys are very active on it. They were active on the other underground too, you know, and they 
they tried to control Kirk Jenis, who ran so, the underground. But the the theme the theme with all the people, the Aljamain, James Lynch, Anthony Smith, Bisbing, Terrence McKinney, Dan Hardy, Weasel, Malley, like they're all popular, nice guys, right? But he got into a fight and argument with them. Like a little petty argument. Like there's that's to me, that's trying to like give him validity that he's not one of them. Like, this is how much he's not one of us. Well, it might be like, a shtick too. I can go mm -hmm. after people; it'll bring me more attention. Yeah, that's yeah, always well, that's, the way that's, the that's internet is. The squeaky it's wheel a dual gets sword. the grease. Like a dual sword, it has a dual purpose, and so. But it's a lot of cross-platform promotion. Like they now that they, they share viewers. Uh, all of Guru's viewers now will go to those podcasts too, not just his. So I think it, it's a way to get more traffic flow around the MMA community is spreading his viewers. So, But the best way to but, get uh, attention is to go after an attention getter. That's always true. So I think like people that want to grow on YouTube or whatever – it's the people mm -hmm. that are obnoxious, the people that act like idiots, things that anybody could do. But some people are comfortable doing it because they don't mind all the stuff that's going to come back at them. But yeah. that's how you that's how you get attention. You you can go on any platform and act like a fool and you'll get plenty of attention. If you're serious about what you're doing, you're not going to. That's a slow way to grow if you're serious yeah. about what you're doing. But like Lucas Tracy, he makes like he makes a yeah. uh, like a bold claim and then he hammers it and like. But yeah, uh, the thing course. with Guru is he's popular for his absurd, obscene reactions. Like that's what he's gotten real popular for. And that the thing is, like that's what I don't like him for. I like him for his other content. I I don't like it when you go on an inbred racist, bigot, bigoted rant. It yeah. I don't like being a follower i don't like sitting there and be like oh i'm watching this guy now i feel like an asshole like, and you know he doesn't I mean? even like, get striped by youtube for that if yeah, i did how that, does that go on where you I can attack a whole culture sure. yeah where you call in a whole culture and race of people inbred and yeah it's like incels and it's just it's crazy to me but um he gets away with a lot and so Somebody was saying that uh, they were talking to a UFC fighter and they were going to do an interview on TikTok. But then the, the fighter said, oh, I can't do an interview with you. I'm not allowed. Now, he's allowed to have bump all these shoulders with people. Like, so they've given them permission to bump shoulders with him. Like, obviously, they that's so. And all the fights, it just doesn't. It's stupid to go after him. Like, to troll him. You're trolling a troll. Like, so you're just giving him attention. Like you said, it's like a, it's not good. You're just going to fuel a fire. You're just going to make that fire bigger. You'll either get people who hate him or love him. And like they, a lot of casual fans and like the, these, this toxic era we live in love that stuff. They just, mm. it just, that's what draws a trend in the crowd these days is just toxic environment. And, um, I think it's bad, sad because I think Guru could have a really positive platform, but I, I see it going in a more 
like younger juvenile direction. I don't know. I, I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> no, I mean, so. I can see both of what you're saying. There is some interesting points you're bringing up, but also, like I said before, how do you get attention on these platforms by being ridiculous? You know, if you're just straight yeah. across the board, if you're just kind of, if you're serious about the sport, like I said before, like, like some of us are, that's, for example, like when I had Miguel Iterati, Mike Davis, these guys that are on my show regularly, these are guys mm -hmm. who've been around the sport from the beginning. You know, Mike's promoted over 200 shows. Miguel's match made probably God knows how many. These guys are serious about the sport. They make a channel that's probably the best MMA history channel there is, but it doesn't get near the attention of MMA Guru or Jesse on Fire. Those guys don't know anything about the sport. You know what I mean? Jesse on yeah. Fire, MMA Guru, those guys don't know anything beyond the UFC. They've probably never been to a regional show in their life. You know what I mean? Ever. They yeah. don't care about the sport. I actually had more fun at a regional show than I did at a UFC yeah. event. Yeah, these people don't care about the sport. They're not interested in it. They just want to get something from it, you know? So they try to let me go on your show, Michael Bisping. Let me let me uh, go on your show, Brendan Schaub. These people that, those guys all want attention after fighting. So they're, they're willing to bring these people on who have some attention. But they have no, they don't know anything about the sport. They really don't. So it's like. To me, it's stupid, but fighters, some fighters suck up to that kind of stuff because they still want attention. The guys from the old school yeah. don't, don't care about that stuff. You'll never see them suck up to MMA Guru or Jesse on fire. Those I guys think don't if care. Fighter, if fighter pay was really good, we wouldn't have that issue, I don't think. Like if they were making, uh, like if they were making like pro athlete pay, they're not going to pay these dudes no mind and these YouTubers. Like, you're you they would be nothing to them if they were like getting paid like baseball players or basketball players they'd be like ah, i don't give a shit what that dude says like, but now they need that attention because they need they need youtube money a fighter actually needs youtube money and that, that's crazy to me like you make an interesting point there because you don't see any of these youtube boxers sucking up to these clowns <laughs> yeah no you, know? you don't that's true so that none of them are even calling out Jake Paul. They're like, ah, I don't need. Uh, uh. So, but uh, yeah, I I just I I see it. He rubs me wrong with the bias stuff. I I don't like a, the Dagestan hatred and um, the Western, the Eastern, uh, hating stuff. But uh, yeah, I I like him, but I. I think they're trying to control him. I sent him a, a I got a, I'm a member of his chat and I sent him a chat and I said, uh, asked him if he read the Sigmund Freud book and are you aware that they're trying to control you? And he kind of just like went silent and read the question out loud. And he goes, I don't know, man. And then just kept going. <laughs> so it was kind of an interesting response. I should have screen recorded it. So but I think fighters are always going to pay attention to people like that who call them out, who say bad things about them. You know, there's all kinds of fans who do that. But when you have a fan who's got a platform and he says something bad about a fighter, a fighter's going to respond to that person most of the time.
most of the time. Yeah. So, you know, that doesn't But the people he's really me. talking bad about <clears throat> and aren't interacting with him. Like the people that he's really slandering aren't the ones right. interacting with him. So it's just the people he's like having, yeah, good, good British banter with, I guess. It's kind of like joshing around, having a good time. Um, stuff that you would say to your buddies face to face kind of it's not like like talking shit to each other it's not it's not serious but the stuff he says about he would never say that stuff to one of their faces habib's faces or you know what i mean like never in a million years so i don't like it when fans say things online that they would never say to the person they're talking to or like in person in general, like the internet had made you become like a person where you say shit that you wouldn't say in person because you're a nice person in person, not because like, why can't you be that online? Like, I don't understand why that disconnect, that third party disconnect happens. Well, so, I think when people are young, I was like that when I was young, but when you're older, I think when you're older, you don't really care about stuff as much. I think when you're young, you have a lot of passion for the sport, like you, Lucas Tracy and these people. They're just getting exposed to the sport. They have a lot of passion. They want to tell people what they think about, you know, yeah. the sport. They want to say, this is my opinion, and I want you guys to know. I want you guys to agree with me, or I want you guys to know what my opinion is, you know, and they try yeah. to be as loud about it as they can. And that that's how the internet was in the beginning, too, you know, with the early MMA crowd. But I think as you get older, you, me, other people, you don't really care so much about that. You, if you love the sport, you're still talking about it like us. Or This is stuff we, like I said, me, Mike, Miguel, this is stuff we would have done anyway had we, if we were on the phone. So, yeah, just we were Might doing as well it record. Yeah. So I think in the beginning when you're young, you some people want everyone to know their opinion, but that can backfire like you mentioned because – there are guys out there that will hunt you down if they find out where you're at. They will confront you. MMA Guru can That's never a, go to UFC event because he'll get confronted by somebody. A fan, yeah, he, a fighter. He would have to have security. Yeah. yeah, he can't show his face at a UFC event. And he likes the sport. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, you got all this attention, but you can't go and enjoy. You know how bad he could sue, though? Something happened to him at a UFC event? Sure, but what I'm saying is he can't be a part of what he enjoys. He can't go yeah. to the weigh-ins. He can't go to an event. He probably can't even go to a regional event in, in the UK because someone will blast him for sure. So he can't really enjoy all this that he's created around himself. He can't enjoy the sport in person anywhere. If he's spotted yeah. anywhere at an event, someone's going to, someone would confront See, him a... either verbally or someone would just blast him. I don't get why, like, how that hasn't happened to Colby yet. Well, he's a fighter, so it's a little bit. It has happened to him. Jorge Masvidal punched him in the face. It has oh, that's happened true. to him. And, and for Beast of Wear Doom, hit him with a boomerang. And you, you don't think that Hamzat Chemaev is going to, if they're in person, I think they're, they're going to have a problem. definitely 100% go after him. Yeah, those guys don't care. Yeah. And I think the UFC has a problem. This is where I think uh, I agree with you him going after them the ufc realizes they have a problem these guys no one wants to fight these guys and they can pretty much beat everybody so they and have you, to attack them to the media yeah ufc's like God, we're gonna have all these guys as champions 
they're not winning the fight in the cage, so they have to win it out the cage. So yeah, they're not, they're not even giving a, them uh, fights. I believe there's a dissension and a power struggle between certain managers and you American fighters where they want to keep it American. I think there's some kind of like inside ego battle going on. I don't know what it is, but it seems like it's East versus West almost. And like, it's really strange. It's really strange. I don't think the UFC so. wants all their champions to be Muslims from the Russian Caucasus. Yeah, they I know they've signed these guys and they realize, oh crap, you know, we signed these guys and they're all better champions. than we thought they were. Yeah. We didn't realize so, they were this dominant. You know? Yeah. Th and it's, it's always a, uh, like his latest thing is crapping on Islam. So I don't know. It's all, it's always the same narrative if it's with him. So, and I think I that's know. something I the UFC likes guy. too, because the UFC doesn't seem to talk those guys up either. No, like uh, Dana forgot Islam's name in the press conference last time. Like, and then the, all the MMA media released videos making a joke about him forgetting his name. Like, why is that funny? Like, so, I don't know. You can always tell the MMA uh, what what the popular channels are told to release but because they all released a, a very similar story, same story. Like the like real news does. They like you seen those videos where the news channel will pop up, pop up, pop up, and they're all repeating the same word over and over and over again. The, the MMA media is just like that too. Like it's ridiculous. So yeah, you're seeing that with the war in Ukraine. You know, like they all use the same buzzwords. Mm -hmm. Russia's attack in Bakhmut is culminating. They're running out of steam. You'll see like twenty people say that exact same phrase. There's coordination between all those people, you know. Yeah, so I you can really tell by the Hamzat stuff. He's been going after Hamzat, and the thing is, like, that's so risky to do. I feel like Hamzat has a very strong following, and for you to go after him, you have to know you have to be a strong following. You have to send a big dog to go after Hamzat and to change the way people feel about him. And I think that was. Um, that's one of back to the original thing. He's the authority to the guru, like the person you listen to. And a lot of people are like NPCs these days. They just turn their mind over to whoever they're listening to. And then they start repeating what they said. So, because they're funny and entertaining. And so, I don't know. I feel really bad for Hamzat. I feel like he's getting screwed over really bad by, by them. So, I wanted to see him beat the piss out of Colby Covington. That's what I want to see. If you want to call a man out of his name and call him cum shot and all this stuff, then you should have been ducking him while you were about to go make a weight cut randomly. So, <laughs> I think Hamzad is – well, the problem that, like I said before, you got Hamzad, Islam, Rob, Sarukian. Um mm -hmm. But they try to say those Russians yeah. don't sell and like Hamzat doesn't sell. He's got 2.3 billion people on his hashtag. Like he has the biggest hashtag I think I've ever seen. And they said he doesn't sell pay-per-views. If the UFC promoted Hamzat versus Leon, I promise you it would sell. Like 
anyone. Hobbs they're worried about these it. guys dominating their roster. Yeah. You know. But what why why not give Hamza the title shot and let him just dominate? Why not just let him run through everybody? Because they don't feel like he can sell in the US, which is what they want. I disagree. I think he's a draw. I think he's I do I think he's an insane draw. Yeah, Mike Tyson was a draw for that reason. He was dominant. For yeah. a period of time, he yes. was running through a lot of people. It didn't matter if they were great fighters or not. And he's a he's a true gangster. Like, like he will whoop your ass in the street or backstage. Like you talking shit, he, he'll will confront you and fight you right then and there. Like that's, and I like that. Like a lot of people don't, but I when we come from a different generation, I guess. Like, I want a fighter fighter. Like that's why I like Rampage. I like the dude that was really about it. Like, and um, it's it's just what do you think about reverting back? some of the rules you have all these promotions that are running back like bare knuckle boxing right you, you get bare knuckle boxing you got uh knees to the opponent in one championship you get soccer kicks in rising you got all these places that are doing these things and publicly sanctioned and almost all athletic commissions why not bring them back to the ufc you know really where they're not saying wrestlers can protect themselves you know By where the they're rules. not sanctioned? Vegas. Yeah. None of those people can run shows in Vegas. Not bare knuckle, oh, yeah? not one championship, nobody. Really? Yeah. Interesting. The UFC keeps everybody out of Vegas. Only boxing can run in Vegas, and that's because they were running before the UFC. Nobody else. Bare knuckle will never get sanctioned in Vegas. Never, ever. Unless the UFC takes it over, then it'll get sanctioned tomorrow. But as long as UFC's not in control of it, it's not getting into Vegas. Not a chance in hell. And same with one championship. Same with all those shows. Getting a license in Vegas is almost impossible. Yeah. You think we covered the topic pretty well there? Yeah. I mean, I thought you brought up some interesting points. I mean... It does make sense because, like I said, in the early days of MMA, you had a few websites that were popular. You had the Underground that was very popular, and the UFC did try to to, to bring some control over that. And uh, you had, like, MMA Weekly. Ryan Bennett, he got kind of a job with the UFC. They were kind of... You know, I got kicked off MMA Junkie forums, like, 10 years ago. I was the third most popular poster on MMA Junkie. And I made a conspiracy folder on like the off topic section and I started getting like traffic flow. I would just randomly keep posting like conspiracies and that, and they banned me for doing that. I was like, I'm not doing it on the main page. I'm literally like on like the fourth page of the forum board and they didn't like me posting MMA conspiracies. And that was like 10 years ago before I became like a conspiracy conspiracy. I've always been like, follow the money trail kind of person there's more to what's going on so but you you gotta think about something the ufc's talking audience i'm not talking about the tv audience the talking audience is on the internet mm -hmm. not like the nba nfl where you got guys talking about it on fox espn every day they have shows mm -hmm. where people talk about it nonstop. the ufc doesn't have that 
their chatting right. audience is online. So it's on TikTok. For you to and, say, uh, yeah, yeah. For you to say they want to control, it makes sense. And like, like I said, this has happened before. So it's not new. I could bring Kirk Jenis on here and we could talk about this. I'd need to bring him back because I had him when they had audio episodes, I had him on. But I think I'm going to bring him on to talk about this very topic because, yeah, the UFC tried to control his forum. Sure Dog, same thing. They banned Sure Dog. You know, Sure Dog was super popular, but they didn't. I remember that. They didn't see eye to eye. What what happened there? I remember they put out a bunch of reports saying they did something like they released some information that they weren't supposed to and really pissed off the UFC or something like that. Right. Trying to control. Yeah. Ariel Hawani, same thing to some degree, although I felt what Ariel Hawani did was kind of low, in my opinion, because if they're bringing you there, if they're paying to bring you there, they're they're giving you great seats. They're letting oh, you yeah, cover yeah. this. You're getting exposure by covering it, which he was. Dana White was giving him a ton of exposure. And what does he do? Yeah. He goes and leaks this stuff. It wasn't his... He tells him, does exactly what he tells him not to do. No, what I'm saying is there are a lot of people behind the scenes who worked on, you know, this stuff. That worked on Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar, promo. Yeah. That worked on all this stuff to make this a big thing for the UFC at that event. And he would didn't he think himself about, first. Yeah. yeah, he didn't think about those people. There's people who probably worked tons of hours on that. And for him to just go and put it out, it wasn't his thing to put out. In my yeah, opinion. I think and I don't Ariel, kiss the UFC's the ass. You his, know? I think at that time of Ariel's career, I think he was still like stuck in that journalist, like I've got a reveal everything mindset and not just report news i think he's became more of a reporter now than a journalist and so i don't he's think he's that at all he wanted to be the show sean i want yeah. the attention on me and nobody really cared but he does like, that that's why he he instigates fights between the athletes and he wants the attention on himself yeah, but I was he, saying he nobody wants to be cared the story. if Brock Lesnar came back the second time. Now, if he wasn't, if he wasn't getting comped into the UFC and that kind of stuff, like if you're just off, mm -hmm. like us, like if you're not going, the you're not getting. No one's giving me tickets to the UFC. You want to leak something? Go ahead. You know what I mean. You're not there getting stuff from them, but if they're giving you stuff, they're bringing you to event. You should have some obligation to at least. Oh you yeah. Know, try to yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of dirty right there is where if there is do they pay to get in the media? No, no or just free no. no? They don't pay anything. They don't pay nothing. So he's getting in front row, great seats, interviews backstage, and it's all free. Errol Hawani could buy a ticket to the UFC anytime he wants. You don't see him doing it. Nope. He He'll only go cover the UFC if they give him a ticket. If he really loved the sport, he could still go cover UFC events. He could sit in the crowd or whatever. I'm sure his employers would pay for his seat. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't care about the sport. Yeah, he's he's gotten a lot from the sport, but he's you don't see him going to events and covering events anymore. He's mm -hmm. too big for all that. Um 
I'm too big. He to wants go. to be a basketball yeah. guy, right? Yeah. He doesn't care about the MMA. You know? So, yeah. I, that's the thing. I, I feel like Ariel Hawani is also like, like, um, kind of like controlled opposite. They've got him controlled too. They know exactly how to control him, I think, um, with information. Uh, they probably get him controlled through his research team. That's probably, I would think, and what the topics they want to talk about, something like that. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a show with several people that were banned from the UFC. Joel Gold was banned from the UFC. He was the one who created Full Contact Fighter. Jeff Sherwood was banned from the UFC. So I could probably get like a, a, a few guys that the original guys who started the journalism and mma if you're banned from the oc you can still buy tickets though right you can go to your sure <laughs> yeah you think they're gonna you think the security there has pictures of people throw this guy oh, out if you see him now no. soon they're gonna have those glasses that face recognize you they have a bolo out for certain people no <laughs> randy couture is in the building yeah you need to if you see this guy throw him out no that's bullcrap especially if they bought a seat they're not gonna throw their asses out Right. Yeah. So that's what I figured. But I was just like, that'd be crazy. But um, Arrow Hawani said he didn't feel safe when they kicked him out of the. Right. They brought him backstage, mm -hmm. and like, they he said he was scared for his life. Like they I believe it. Yeah. So they probably intimidated the shit out of him. Yeah. So. Yeah, those are like serious mafia guys they could probably put you somewhere in the desert and you'll never even find you again <laughs> yeah they were pissed That's my at they were mad yes. at him for sure yeah yeah that's the thing i think they purposely were giving him all those things so to keep him on their side right like to pacify him to not be constantly talking about bellator and contract negotiations and stuff like that and then he just kept going and going and going, always prodding and priding. I, I don't know why he fought with the UFC so much. I I guess it's kind of been his stick, though. The heel, Hilwani. That's the thing. Like, I think what I was saying earlier, like Guru, all these people with names have a role. Like, he's Hilwani. And that's, he has a large form of his role to play with the UFC. So, yeah, pretty interesting. the the whole w the whole UFC with everything involved is almost WWE with the media production, USADA, athletic commission. It's kind of like one big show. Like you're getting all kinds of talking points and journalism and and things to talk about. Like it's like the WWE almost. It's like. Almost predictable these days. Yeah, it's a similar think? model because, like, you know, in pro wrestling, you had Dave Meltzer, right? So he was getting information from people, but he wasn't a part of the media crew. He was just a guy that was doing his thing. Some of the stuff he said was nonsense, but he there were people talking to him. So there's always going to be people like that out there who aren't part of the club but if you want to get it if you want to get comp to the ufc you're going to do what they want period that's never been a secret you know and once guys step out of line errol wani they're gone 
Yeah. They don't, it's their event. They don't have to let you be there and they don't need you to expose their event. If they, you don't, they're bigger than you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They don't, even Arahawani, he thinks he's, no, they're bigger than you. They decided we don't need you anymore. I don't care how much, how many people watch your show. The UFC is bigger than you. We don't need you. So if you're there covering their event, you're going to do it their way or you're not going to be there. That There's no secret about that. But the YouTube stuff that you brought up with the YouTube, that, that's that's different. So that's it's interesting, I must say. Yeah. So, but uh, with the 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 thing about guru though um the live scoring is a huge red flag for me with like if you're against live scoring i think you're a shill like if you're a popular that popular and you're against open live scoring just because the, the guy might coast in the third round he's like that was his reason well the other guy's going to have to go full fucking steam like that's the plus to it. Like he might get to coast, but he's not going to be able to because the other dude's going to be coming at him. Like maybe. I mean, how many times have you seen someone's? We saw it this weekend. Cheeto Vera's corners telling him, "Look, you're losing. You have to do something." He didn't. He couldn't. Yeah. Sandhagen was better than him. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's those those cases, but there's some cases where you say, like, where you see a guy that gets a point taken away from him and then all of a sudden he turns into a madman because he knows he has to win the fight i think mm-hmm. it's very similar to that like you would see more of that like so and you it would take it would just take away fraudulent decisions in my opinion or even the argument of even if there are fraudulent decisions it you can't complain because the fighter was in control of his destiny and he knew what the score was and you could just remove the argument that it's fraudulent just by doing open scoring. So that's another topic for another show. I think it's good <laughs> to end on. I, I think you brought yes. up some good points this time. I think it's something that people can think about, which is what this is all about anyway. And uh, nice talking to you. Yeah. We'll see what, we'll see what people think of your uh, points here. And uh, Don't kill me. watching this <laughs> Preston's paradox. And, uh, Yeah. Until next time, take care. All right. So I want to thank all of you for checking out these episodes and supporting this uh, podcast. Now, I know I don't put these out in real time. If you want to catch these episodes in real time, you can do so at my YouTube, which is Todd Atkins Show. And uh, please subscribe there. And if you like this podcast, share it with some people. Subscribe to it. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to get out more episodes here soon. So, as always, I appreciate all the support. And thanks, guys. And take care. <laughs>